All right, we are live for the fifth and final installment of this incredible series that we've been doing over the past couple of weeks. We want to welcome everybody for uh, the, the involvement that you've had as you have participated in this. And uh, before we jump into spiritual deepening despite social distancing, as we've titled this particular episode, uh, I want to make you aware of all of the episodes that we have out there now on demand. You, you cannot watch these live because they already occurred. So you'll have to go and watch them on demand. But just so you know, kind of a little bit of a rundown of what these episodes were. We did one on emotional health called Overcoming Emotional Overwhelm. Uh, we did one called Fending Off Financial Crisis. Uh, we did one called Ministering in the Mayhem. And that's particularly one of my favorite episodes for those who are wanting to lean in during this season and still minister to other people. Um, which is a, a very prime season for us to to lean in as ministers of the gospel to be able to serve people. And then we also did one specifically for you moms who are navigating the mess of motherhood during this quarantine season. So you can go watch all of those on demand, nothingiswasted.com slash live stream. Again, nothingiswasted.com slash live stream. And just click the little watch on demand button. If you haven't registered for those yet, it'll prompt you to register and then you'll be able to watch it right there. It'll be fantastic. This episode, we, again, have entitled Spiritual Deepening Despite Social Distancing because we really wanted to um, uh, kind of cap this series off with what I believe is the most significant thing for us to lean into, uh, and that is our spiritual health. Uh, as I said on Instagram earlier today, your spiritual health is not just a part of your personhood, your faith, your, your relationship with Jesus is not just a part of it. It is, if you can uh, think about the, the compartmentalized plates, it is the plate that holds all of it together. And so uh, I wanted to invite some friends of mine on to talk about how we can lean in to our spiritual health, uh, even in a season where we are essentially physically separated from each other, which Obviously, we all know that community is a major part of us growing in our walk with Jesus. And so uh, we wanted to talk about how this season can actually be a, a, a catalyst for an even deeper growth in your relationship with Jesus. So before we introduce the panelists, um, I want to draw your attention to how you can ask questions. Uh, because at the end of this, well, toward the last 30 minutes of this, we're going to take your questions live for anything that they didn't answer uh, and so if you go to the bottom of your window, there is a icon that says Q&A. You can ask all your questions by typing it in to that pop-up window. So click on that icon, window will pop up, and you can ask your questions. Go ahead and start asking those questions now because my team is going to be vetting those, combining questions that are like uh, similar questions, and we're going to uh, ask our panelists at the end of this. So Without further ado, I want to introduce to you this incredible dream team of growing in our in our faith. So Tyler, why don't you start and introduce yourself and we'll go around the horn. Yeah, come on. I'd love to. My name is Tyler Tatum. I am um, a husband, a father of two young boys. So our house is uh, wild about 100% of the time. Which is, <laughs> I'm, I'm at the office right now. Um, I'm, I'm social distancing, practicing all those things. But um, we, we just wanted to make sure that we had, you know, the right lane of focus for, for this. And I'm an associate lead pastor at New Spring Church in South Carolina. So um, I've been a part of the church here about 15 years and have spent most of my time in student ministry. Um, and in the last couple of years have, have made a move to lead some different ministries. And so, you know, if I had to, to 
some of what I'm about, I really feel passionate about helping people um, live the life that Jesus died to give them. I think so many people mm-hmm. settle for less. Um, and I just love kind of exposing people that, you know, for so many of us, man, Jesus died for more than this. Let's step into yeah. it. So that's me. That's great. That's great. Aubrey, when are you yeah. go next? Um, Tyler, I was going to say, I have three sons. So my house might be just a smidgen likely <laughs> than yours, but I feel yeah. Sure. Uh, my name is Aubrey Sampson. I am um, a wife of tw- almost 20 years, which is crazy Whew. to think about. My husband and I planted a church in West Chicago about five years ago, Renewal Church. I run discipleship and equipping there. Um, I'm also a author and a speaker. And um, yeah, doing my best right now to balance being a homeschool mom, as most of us are, and run a church and write and, you know, just not lose my sanity, but God is good in the middle of it. Oh man. You've got like some, you've got a deadline on a manuscript you've got to turn in, don't you? Pretty re- pretty yeah, soon. I'm trying to pretend like that doesn't exist right now. Is, is there like a COVID like extension? Did they give you an extension <laughs> on that? Like a, an act of God clause on my you know <laughs> book deal, but my editor doesn't think so at the moment. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Oh, Aubrey, it's good to have you on here. Tara Lee. Hey, uh, I am Tara Lee Cobble. I live in a concrete box in the sky in Dallas, Texas, and I'm not married. I do have six plants. Um, no, no children, no pets, um, just, just me and the plants. Um, and I run an organization called D Group that I started at the church where Tyler is a pastor. I started that um, about 11 years ago when I was um, a member at New Spring Church in South Carolina. And it's now on every continent. It's a Bible study that happens weekly in homes and churches and right now in Zoom meetings uh, around the world. And then through that, we launched a podcast, a daily podcast called The Bible Recap, where we recap the the one-year chronological reading plan as people jump in and join us for that. So Anybody out there doesn't have a Bible reading plan, we'd love for you to jump in with us today. Love it. That's what I love do. It. Well, it's so great to have all of you guys on here. Thank you for taking the time to do this. And um, I want to jump into some conversation here because I think this can be really, really valuable uh, to everybody. But we're talking about spiritual health. And even as I began to write some of these questions and think about what we were going to talk about, this idea of spiritual health can seem a little bit maybe elusive, maybe what, uh, what, what does this mean? What is spiritual health actually? What are we talking about when we talk about spiritual health? Um, it can maybe seem like something that's uh, for a lot of people that's uh, beyond reach. So how would you guys, and I'll open this up to anybody who wants to add input to this, how would you guys define spiritual health? What does it look like to be spiritually healthy? I'll start. I was just thinking. Go for it, um, Come on. There's somebody always has to break the ice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why not? Um, I was just thinking this morning about how you, you can't be nourished by food you don't eat. Like if, if there's an apple sitting on the counter and I'm not, I don't eat it, I can't be nourished by it. Mm. If somebody else eats an apple and tells me about what the apple tasted like, eh, I'm not nourished by them eating the apple. Yeah. Um, mm. To be physically healthy, we have to take in things that contribute to our physical health. Um, and so to be spiritually healthy as a believer, I have to take in the word of God. I have to feed myself the word of God. I can't be nourished by secondhand 
uh, like that's helpful. It's, it's, mm. it's, it is, it does contribute to that in the way that we, you know, we just talked about how community is important. Those things really do build us up. But if all I'm doing is taking in secondhand stuff and I'm not actually eating the food myself, I'm not going to be nourished. So to me, spiritual health starts with um, knowing and engaging with God on a one-on-one, on a firsthand basis. That's great. That's great. Anybody else want to add to that? I mean, there's no, no doubt there. And I think the way, the way I think about it and break it down in my head is you think about like your body's health is your body functioning like your body was created to function, mm. right? A healthy body is one that functions like it's able to function. So the way I think, and I made a little post-it note right here for everyone to see, but there's a little heart in the middle right there, your mind, and then your body. And that's us. Like that's when I think about who we are, that's we're spirit that what's in our spirit goes to our mind. What's in our mind goes to our actions mm. is what we think about. And so, you know, the same way our body you know, functioning the way it was created to our mind functioning the way it was created to mental health is a massive conversation today. Spiritual health is actually at the epicenter of that. And Terrell, I think it's exactly what you were saying. And our spirits were made just as I was thinking through this, they were made to be alive. They were made to be connected to God and they were made to be formed into the image of Christ. And so really spiritual health, I think is the diagnosis of the vibrancy, the connectedness and the, um, and the formation of our spirits in line with how God created us to be. That's great. That's fantastic. So I think that formation piece is super important that we're like spiritual health is our roots going down deeper and deeper, as Paul says in Ephesians three, like deeper into the love of Christ. And so sometimes I think we can mistake spiritual health for like doing, 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 but really it's um, like both of you have said, just more intimacy with Jesus, with God and his word and with, um, I think, understanding more that we're the beloved and he's the Lord and kind of just continuing to deepen into that understanding, that's certainly a part of spiritual health. That's great. You know, I think the other thing that oftentimes people can uh, mistake spiritual health for is uh, spiritual perfection. <laughs> I think oftentimes people can think, okay, you know, if I arrive at a certain point where I no longer struggle with certain things, then I've arrived to a place where I am spiritually healthy, like it is some kind of an arrival or destination point. Can you guys speak to that? And what is that? Uh, How are those two things not similar? Man, Tyler. Jesus. Okay, good. No, no, go Tyler. Tyler. I I try to, uh, a rule in life I have is if you can speak last, you can usually sound the smartest. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to get away with that here. (laughs) It's good that you call me out. Yeah, I I mean, I definitely think it's so easy, right, to to get fall into the mistake of we have to be perfect. We have to strive and do, 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 do. I mean, that's, that would be easier, right. Than probably actually just resting and abiding and who God's made us to be. Um, And that's just really where I think, you know, spiritually, you just have to, to look at it and know that the level of intimacy you have with God, but not just the way it feels, but what that's leading to, right? Like um, your actions are your lagging indicator, not your leading indicator to spiritual health. And so what, what I think that we've got to learn to do is take our actions and don't say, all right, if I adjust my actions, I'll adjust my spiritual health. We've got to take our actions and say, this is actually the best pulse on how I'm doing spiritually. So if there's something I don't like about my actions, then there's something off in my spiritual health. All right, what does scripture prescribe? To, to come in and get me healthy in this space so it will affect my actions. 
Mm, that's great. I love that. So in this, you know, whole COVID-19 season that we're in, I mean, unprecedented season in our history, no doubt, in every single one of our personal histories, we've, ne- we've never experienced anything like this that has pushed everything on pause. Why is attending to our spiritual health so important, even more so important during this season? Tara Lee, you were going to jump on that last one. Go ahead. Well, um, you know, like you, like you said at the beginning, it's the foundation of everything. And so I think what's happening is um, a lot of us feel like we're, this has caused anxiety in us, but I think what it's done more than anything is revealed latent anxiety that we didn't know was there. And um, because so much of our, the way we respond in crisis reveals our hearts, um, that's the, that's the optimal time to deal with it because maybe you weren't aware of it before. And if you haven't spent time building up knowledge of who the Lord is in your heart before the storm hits, like you, you do kind of have to like in the moment, do whatever you have to take to to do to get through that time. Mm. So if I, if a hurricane's coming and I don't live in a hurricane proof house in the moment, I realize, uh Oh, I'm in danger now. And I have to do what I've got to do to survive the hurricane. Um, but a lot of those survival tips, it's the same protective measures. You just have to take them in an emergency situation. They maybe aren't as, as effective, but they do protect you in that time. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was reading this article that I haven't able to stop thinking about, uh, in the independent, uh, about how, when the Titanic hit that iceberg, it wasn't actually the iceberg that sunk the Titanic. There had been for three weeks, a three story fire burning at 1800 degrees in the belly of the ship at the exact place it hit that hit the iceberg. Hmm. The captain had commanded the crew not to tell the passengers. They had backed the ship into the port so that no one could see it when the passengers were boarding. They just tried to ignore this problem. And when they hit the iceberg, the problem was revealed. And over a thousand people died. Hmm. And so I think what's happened is that this iceberg of coronavirus has caused us to realize there's been a fire in the belly of the boat. Yeah. And we've got to do whatever we can to throw water on that, to throw water on that fire. Um, otherwise, you know, like, and I think it also teaches us about the kind of people we want to be when this is over, the kind yeah. of people who, okay, now I know, I've learned what's important in that storm. I yeah. learned what was important and we know how to prepare our hearts for the things ahead. Mm. That's great. Wow. So good. I just <clears throat> a couple of days ago told my wife that we needed to cut some trees down in our backyard because they're dead mm-hmm. and they looked like they could fall on our house or, you know, a worst case scenario, one of the kids are playing out in the backyard and something's happened. And last night, a massive, I don't know if Aubrey, you guys had the same storm front come through in your area, but mass, like huge thunderstorms, tornado warnings and everything. And we quickly grab everybody out of bed, go downstairs because the three trees that we need to cut down could fall on three areas of our house where it's either Cohen's nursery or the kid's bedroom or the, and I thought to myself, why, why is it that in the storms that we, that's when we like, all of a sudden this becomes an urgent thing. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're talking about, Terry Lee, is that mm-hmm. now we're seeing the urgency of, because of some of these responses that our, our mental health is having, we're seeing the urgency of why we should be attending to our spiritual health, the epicenter of it, as you said, Tyler. I mean, that's so great. Does anybody want to add to, to that as to why, like, why it's so important in this season for us to kind of lean in here? Because we could be attending to a lot of other things. We could be putting out fires, so to speak, 
And, but really what we need to be doing is not just putting out fires. We also need to be attending to the thing that started the fire, so to speak. We need to get to the root of stuff. So why, so why is that even more important for us to kind of dig deeper in this season? I, I mean, you know, I feel like what you were saying, Tara Lee, that we are being hit or, or at least our, our stuff is coming up, right? We aren't sleeping. I was reading an article this morning about how people are having bad dreams all over the globe right now, like they've never had before. Um, we're facing anxiety, we're facing fear, we're facing the unknown. And so I think, you know, it's almost like simple, like we need the anchor for our souls right now. We need something impossible and unmovable and certain in our uncertainty so that we can keep going. Part of it's for ourselves, but also so that we can have hope and a future and something to look forward to knowing like God's on the throne, God's got this. And so I think our spiritual health, like Really, I feel like right now it is an anchor in this storm, like you were talking about, um, in a way that we haven't necessarily had to, unless we've been through trauma, we haven't necessarily had to like utilize that anchor before. That's so good. Yeah. All right. So there, there is a lot of uh, things circulating, you know, asking some really large questions, like where is God in all of this situation? I'm not going to try to, you know, have us tackle that question necessarily, unless you guys want to. But I think there's also been a lot of uh, poor answers to that question as well that has been that have been circulated as well as some really good answers. But I, I do wonder, you know, in all these seasons, we say nothing is wasted a lot that that what looks like an interruption to our story. Uh, God wants to use as an invitation into something greater an even greater story. So as we think about our personal spiritual life, what might God be telling us right now in this season? Nobody wants to take the big philosophical question, huh? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll jump. I'll jump in right here. I, I mean, why not? Let's just, let's tackle the whole thing. Let's tackle uh, it. Come on. Tyler. Sorry. I, I laughed the other day on, um, I saw someone on Instagram just said, when did every atheist become a hyper Calvinist? Just talking wow. about put everything in the, you know, uh, maybe a little too much in the, the causal space. And, and you know, we, we want to pin all the, the bad on God, but not the, not the good. And I guess Romans tells us, Romans 1 says that'll happen. But um, sorry, that's, that's not necessarily the question. That's just a, a, a little social comment I had on what you said. <laughs> I think um, it's great. But, but one of the, you know, I was in this conversation actually the other day. One of our pastors, my heroes um, around here, his name is Shane. Um, and he said, well, I think the first thing to understand is what God's saying probably hasn't changed, right? Like if you think God's saying rest or dive deeper spiritually or connect with me, right? Like it's not like he wasn't saying those things six months ago or 600 years ago, right? I mean, like the Bible is, the, we're not going to edit the Bible post right. COVID-19, right? right. Um, and say so much of what God has said is the same, but I, I think the spin is he's saying it in a different way, or a lot mm. of us are posturing a way to listen. Um, a lot of us, you know, I, I know a lot of people, you know, I'm blessed right now because I'm not facing the loss of as much as what some people are, but a lot of people are having things stripped away in their lives that were silencing the voice of God. And so even more than, hey, here's a new message from God. Say, hey, God's probably been trying to get all of our attention about something for a long time. What's different about this season that we can tune in and listen? You know, for me, it is this, this, this voice of God said, hey, lean in more right now. Mm -hmm. Hey, slow down a little bit more. Focus on, you know, 
in, in the moments with your family. Yeah. Stop and breathe and learn spiritually right here what this is doing inside of you. And so mm. that's kind of been my perspective is less of a something shift in what God's saying, but how God's speaking is, is different right now. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to take that as an opportunity to slow down and hear his voice. Yeah. That's great. Anybody else want to add, contribute to that? I think I feel a little bit hesitant. Like, like you were saying, Tyler, you don't want to, we don't have enough perspective, I think, yet mm. to go, oh, this is what God is saying in a global pandemic, or this is what God is right. doing. And, you know, I, I feel like a few years from now, we're going to look back and we're going to go, oh, there was God's hand. Not that we can't see it in our daily lives, um, but I, I'm a little bit hesitant. I feel like right now, my invitation from God is like, you close your mouth and be still and know that I'm God. Mm. And I, I do think there's a lot of surrender Breathing, like you were saying, Tyler, resting, trusting that God is is in this. And we'll be able to look back and see his hand. Not again, not that we can't see his presence now, but just right. some of this stuff we're not gonna know yet, I think. Yeah. Well, oh, that's fantastic. Well, that's a great perspective to have in in the midst of this is going before we try to figure out what God's doing on a macro level, what he's trying to tell his people or the world in all of this, what's he trying to tell me? What's my personal invitation? You know, I love that, Aubrey. So, and uh, I just thought, you know, that, that prompts another question. What would you say your personal invitation is? Aubrey, you've already shared yours. Tyler, maybe that was kind of lumped in with your answer as well, but I'd love for you guys to just share what, what is God asking or inviting you personally into, into this season? Yeah, I'll, I'll follow up, make it clear, then we'll let Tara Lee uh, bring this one home because, listen, you guys who don't already lean into Tara Lee, she is, she's got the Word of God just saturated in her heart. And I, uh, honestly, Tara Lee, I'm serious. I'm excited to hear uh, your perspective and take on this um, for sure. And, and Aubrey, I think that's dead on right as well. I think, you know, for me, it's, you know, with with kids at home, a lot of the spaces, I'll put this pressure on myself to like, why am I not getting the time alone um, with God? And I think really something I'm learning right now, I feel like God is, is pressing into me is how to let the, um, forgive myself for some of that, but to press in with my kids and my family on even a, another level, you know, like, I don't feel like I've, I've been neglecting that at all, but man, we're around each other all the time right now. Yeah. And I just, you know, feel like, God's teaching me that my character, my spiritual health can be shaped in the moments where it feels like I'm really busy at, at home, but to slow down, lean in and let that create something in me that I might never have a time like this again to let it create. Mm. That's great. Tara Lee? Uh, yes. I, it's funny because I, uh, this has kind of been my life for the past 15 months. As I've been working on the Bible recap, I've been at home working about 100 hours a week, not seeing my friends, having my food delivered. So this doesn't feel like much of a change for me. Mm. But here's what I discovered whenever I, whenever this became a, a mandate, uh, like and not just what I was doing in the space that I lived in. I suddenly felt, you know, you know, the distinction between the law and the gospel, like the law is like, here's what you have to do. And the gospel is like, done. Yeah. Jesus did it. You know, yeah. I, I still have so much of the law in my bones that I was mm. like, okay, we're going to like literally out, out of off the camera right now, I, there's a mini trampoline that I bought so that I could exercise in my concrete box in the sky. 
I pulled out these like resistance bands that I've owned for two years and never used. Um, all of a sudden I'm like, we're going to get in shape. Like, and guess what? I, for over a year have had a latent rotator cuff injury. And so yesterday I did too much and now I can't move my right arm. And so all of the, like, the Lord was just this morning when I was talking to the Lord about it, he was like, I guess like you still aren't hearing rest. Like Mm -hmm. I've been telling you this for a very long time and you're still not hearing it. Mm -hmm. You didn't hear it when you were working a hundred hours a week and now I've shut down the world and you're not hearing it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, for me, that's not a, it sounds like a message of condemnation, especially the way I phrased it. But what I hear from the Lord is it's an invitation. Um, it's an invitation into, into rest, which is very hard for me. Mm. I think it's very hard for all of us because we want to be achievers. We want to be doers. Mm. And so, um, when I couldn't sleep until five o'clock this morning, because my shoulder was hurting from what I'd tried to do to it yesterday, um, I just felt the Lord being like, I've got more for you than this. I've got mm. more for you than you striving. Mm. And so for me, it was um, just an invitation to to step back in those zones that I am like, well, I can't go out and do, so I'll stay in and do. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's great. Uh, I think that's my biggest struggle too. I, we talked a little Enneagram on the front end of this before we jumped on live, and I am an Enneagram 3, wing 4. So of course I'm just trying to figure out things to do in all this season. And uh, I feel like the Lord's inviting me personally into, Hey, just abide, mm. just rest. Yeah. Serve where you, you know, where I call you to, to serve, but steward it, don't strive. And so that's a, uh, that's been a big thing. We've been talking a little bit about what God is, you know, inviting you into what he's been speaking to you about. There might be a lot of people who are asking the question, what does that look like? What does that look like to hear from God? So whether we're in the COVID crisis right now or whether we're not, how do you hear from God? What does that mean to hear God's voice, you know, speaking to you? I, you guys, I always have something to say. I'm always going to. I, I mean, I know all like, of you guys so always sorry. have something to say. But for whatever reason, everybody's practicing a bunch of like they're practicing humility or something. I don't know what's going on. How Throw dare they? You out the window right now, okay? And just say it. <laughs> I I'm one of those. I'm like uncomfortable with the silence. I'm like I'll talk since no one else is talking. Um, uh, yeah. What was the question? <laughs> that's it. What, what does it mean to hear from God? Classic. <laughs> um, you know, John Piper famously said, if you want to hear, hear God's uh, voice, read your Bible out loud, you know, if you want to hear God speak. Um, and so uh, to me, I'm always going to, to the, the word is where I'm going to um, hear from the Lord first and foremost. And anything that I feel the Holy Spirit speaking to me, um, the way I'm able to discern that is through the truths I've learned from the word. And that's how I can know, is this my own thought? Is this the, the Lord pressing on me? That the word becomes the filter through which I view any of those thoughts in my head. Because when the Lord speaks to me in my spirit, it, like that conversation between me and the Lord that I was relaying earlier, the, it sounds like the voice in my head. It sounds like my own thoughts, except the way that I know that it's him is when it's, it, it lines up with what I know is true in scripture. So um, the only way that I know how to hear the Lord speak is um, by knowing the kinds of things he says and knowing his character. Um, and that's how I know if what I'm hearing is him or not. Great. Come on. I'm, I'm going to just 
jump in with that and say, I mean, the Bible is, is the number one way for sure way, even if it doesn't feel like God's speaking to you, man, God speaks to us. And as Paul, you know, commands us several times grow in discernment, I've seen that discernment is this idea of being able to, um, as you do begin to get impressions that you think are from God, you know, that discernment is the ability to know, is this me? Is this Holy Spirit? Is this another spirit? Like, you know, what is this? And scripture is the filter. When someone else, because that's another way, other people can speak God's voice to us. And on his behalf, that happens all the time. But again, scripture has to be the filter that we discern where that word is coming from. Um, and then I think as well, just from, you know, I'll, I'll utilize again this little post-it note of, of heart, mind, and body, but the Holy Spirit is a spirit that speaks to our spirit. And so I think something that let something off the hook in my head and set something free and has been helpful in talking to others is when the Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit, um, our mind interprets that, mm. right? And that's why it's not infallible. Like we might say the Bible is infallible because our mind is using typically the scripture we know to interpret it. Um, and so I think it feels like our thoughts but it feels like our thoughts when we make space that come from God. But I think a lot of people that feel like they don't hear from God, just I want to say that to me has been difference maker for some people is some people, your mind doesn't turn into words. It might turn into a picture or a thought or, a, you know, just like what probably whatever kind of learning style you have, look for God to speak to you um, in those terms because your mind's taking something from your spirit um, and interpreting that to you from God. I think a lot of people hear from God and don't know that you hear from God because mm. you maybe don't know what you're looking for. Mm, that's great. Yeah, that's really good. Because Aubrey, you have anything? Lord speaks to you oh, in post-it notes, Tyler. I know, will you? <laughs> I, love that. I love that. At least through me. <laughs> I, you know, I, I would just affirm, I feel like the word of God is where God has spoken, does speak. The Holy Spirit uses that. The word of God is our foundation and our umbrella ceiling. Um, And, and also I think we have to have times of silence where we listen um, Mm. because sometimes we can forget that God does speak to us. God speaks to his sons and his daughters. And so to be silent enough to allow him to speak, I think is really helpful. Mm. And then, um, you know, I, I feel like I was reminded of this last night. God still speaks through general revelation. Last night, there was this gorgeous sunset. And it was at a moment where I was just kind of feeling the weight of everything. And I was like, Lord, thank you. I needed that right now. My neighbors need that right now. And so I, you know, the Lord is tender in the way that he speaks to us in his word, through the spirit, through his creation and through other people. Like you said, Tyler, that's super important through other Christians. Yeah. So I would, can I, I can add one more thing. I'm Absolutely. sorry. I want to jump in. This just hit me. So maybe it's, you know, Holy Spirit. Maybe it's just me. Um, but another way that I think God speaks, and this just hit me earlier when we we're talking about people having bad dreams, but God still speaks in dreams as well. I think it's a space where we get things from the Holy Spirit. I mean, I know, you know, Terry, I remember years ago, you talking about one of the ways you knew to move to Anderson is a dream that God gave you. Right. I mean, it, true. it, it it's happens. True. I and dreamed I, think, I was writing my tithe check to your church. No way. And yeah. And uh, then the month that I was supposed to be leaving, I made that exact amount of money that would have made my tithe that amount. And I was like, OK, Lord, <laughs> here we go. Yeah, like God, God speaks in that way. And I think so. Some people listen and say, hey, if you have dreams and you wake up, and you're like, that was a little more than just like what I ate last night. Yeah. Write it down. Like if you don't know anything else, take a journal and ask God. But if there are also people right now having bad dreams, 
I would also like just spiritual practice before you go to bed at night, pray for protection yeah. over your spirit as you sleep, you know, cause, cause every, you know, again, that's that discernment. That's not necessarily every dream you have isn't from God. Um, right. and every dream you have isn't from you. And so just, man, if there is anyone listening or you know someone who's having bad dreams or nightmares right now, I'd encourage them to turn the volume of the news or the panic off. Mm. I'd encourage them to pray before they go to bed um, and get a good night's sleep if they can. <laughs> That's so great. That's so great. And Psalm 91 is a great psalm to pray aloud before bed if you are a person who struggles with night terrors or um, anxiety or anything like that. <laughs> Tyler <Yeah>. clapping. <laughs> psalm 91. Yeah. That's awesome. Psalm 91. So right now we're in a season where a lot of people aren't, they're kind of forced into uh, not being busy. At least some people, some people are even busier than they were ever before because of this, or some people are busying themselves because they don't like sitting with themselves or with other people around them in their house right now. And so we're definitely being faced with a lot of things right now, being forced to be quarantined. But what would you say to someone who says they really want to grow spiritually but they're just they're just too busy. They can't find the time to uh, put in the the effort or or create the disciplines that are necessary to grow spiritually. Uh, while we're at it, maybe we can maybe we can uh, enlighten everybody as to what some of those maybe spiritual disciplines are that can help us to feed our spirit. Um, so maybe that first, and then we can talk about what if someone says they're too busy for that. Aubrey, you go first right here. Oh, Come me? On, I'm Aubrey. just throwing it out there right there. <laughs> go go you know, Richard Foster on us for a second. You know, I'm old school. Like I, you know, we've talked about this a bunch, but the spiritual discipline of reading your Bible every single day, spiritual disciplines of prayer. Um, I practice spiritual disciplines of silence. Um, I'm a big proponent of the spiritual discipline of lament, especially right now, crying out to God in our pain and in our grief. Um and uh, I don't know what else do you guys? I feel like fasting, I, yeah. fasting, yeah. Which you know opens up a lot of time. Mm-hmm. If you're not cooking meals, if you're not eating meals, um, it opens up a lot of time. Yeah. And right now, I've heard so many people complain about how they're tired of cooking right now because it does take a long time. And so fasting, if you don't have time, fasting creates time. Yeah. yeah. And if there's ever a time to fast, I mean, come on, look at our nation and world and let's, yeah. let's get there, Christians. Yeah. Um, and God moves through prayer. I think, uh, again, prayer, making time to listen, rest, Sabbath, weekly Sabbath, I think. Like, you know, there's obviously a dispute over what made it, you know, what parts of the law made it through the cross and didn't. But I, man, what a principle. Um, giving, I think, is a spiritual discipline. It's making ways to serve is still a spiritual discipline. Community, if nothing else, for the ha- for the sake of having people speak into my life um, and be a mirror for myself is a big deal as well. And for me, worship is a massive spiritual discipline in my life. When I uh, let and worship is obviously everything in Romans twelve one, but specifically praise and worship, like singing songs to God. Um, that's something that I used to just live on Sundays and at church gatherings. Um, but as I brought that into my you know living room. Um, that's just been a game changer for me spiritually. So those are, those are some other things that have been helpful for me. Yeah. That's so good. And doing that as a family, I would emphasize, you know, what you just said that worshiping praise and worship together as a family, there's something, and I know, you know, Tyler, your dad of two boys and Aubrey, three boys and to watch my kids. I mean, I went, came down the other day and, and I was watching them 
do motions for a a worship a kids worship thing on that we were projecting on the TV and they're doing motions and they're lifting their hands and man it crushed me yeah. and just to see our house being filled up with worship is just this really really um I, sp- I mean just a spiritually filling thing to do that together as a family so I, I would I would encourage that this is a great time for that right now Tara Lee you were going to say something go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so, you know, I, I don't have a family or children. I'm the only single person on the panel here and I do live alone. And so, you know, with a family, there's sort of a natural built-in community. So I hear about extroverts talk, extroverts who are at home with their family are talking about their extrovert self is struggling. And I'm like, you got people. There are people around <laughs> you. <laughs> this is, today is day 30 of, of quarantine for me. Um, and so um, I started about two weeks before it was, like the order in Texas, mm. um, just because I have, uh, I'm pre-existing conditions with my, with my congenital heart defects. Uh, so I have been doing a lot of, of zooms and things like that. Mm. And in those conversations, always trying to speak about what blessings the Lord has, has brought into mm. my life. And so there is this verbal praise and, and talking about the goodness of the Lord and hearing about the goodness of the Lord, um, and just laughing you know? Mm. So those are, I think, ways that um, we delight in the Lord, even if you are a person who is at home isolated and you can't worship with your family. And I spent all day yesterday, yesterday I spoke at this uh, thing called Leader Check-In, and Mm. um, it was from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Central Time. And um, the whole day, my whole day was just filled with hearing people talk about the goodness of the Lord. So even when I like had to go do other stuff, when I'm like washing dishes or you know, icing my shoulder. Um, I could hear about people talking about the goodness of the Lord. Just turn something on in the background. If you're trying to to make space to like to hear from the Lord, don't expect it always to have your full attention. Your kids are going to be screaming and running around. You're going to be doing laundry. Um, You're going to be wiping stuff down with bleach. Just have some worship music playing, have a sermon playing. Um, These are, we have all the tools. If you're watching this right now, we are among the most blessed people yeah. who are struggling right now because you have the internet, you have you know, like some sort of device. There are people who don't have those things. We are among the most blessed strugglers in the world. Mm-hmm. And so find some of the goodness of the Lord and, and point your eyes and your heart and your mouth in praise toward it. That's toward great. him. Don't put your praise toward it. Point your praise toward <laughs> him. Oh, that hurt. So anyway. <laughs> That's great. Would you guys like to to add and contribute to someone who would say, I just, I'm too busy. I, I'm struggling to kind of find or create that time. You know, I, it makes, when I was a mom of young kids, you know, I couldn't, the way that I always envisioned my spiritual growth was like my quiet time, having my Bible praying, like it was time to myself, which now that my kids are older, I get that again and I'm grateful for it. But there was a decade in which that was not possible. I was not sleeping. I was barely getting dressed. People were always on me and I love those people, but that was the reality. So I think sometimes we have to, um, I mean, obviously if you're too busy, you're probably not too busy. And you know, the Lord gets your first fruits of your day and your time. However, if you are in a season where legitimately you just can't get away, I, I think there are some ways that we can think about spiritual disciplines. Like when you're folding the laundry, Pray for your family that you're folding their clothes for. When you're doing the dishes, pray that the Lord will cleanse all of us from the inside out right now and not just our hands, but Mm -hmm. our hearts. 
Um, when you're in the shower, practice gratitude, practice being present, um, sacrifice. Like you were saying, Davy, serve your neighbors. Like there are, there are spiritual disciplines that the Lord invites us to that we don't require us stepping aside, you know, for hours, like in the middle of our day, we're invited to experience and worship God. And so I think we can, we can adjust some of that thinking a bit. Laurie, that is, that is so good. And my wife is listening right now. I know she is amening so hard. I mean, our, we have a, a five-year-old and a um, 14-month-old. Oh, wow. And, and so our conversation right now is like, is there a harder age to have a child in the epidemic than a, like someone who's walking but can't understand what you're telling them yet? Yeah. Uh, you know, because you're just chasing them around all day long. And that's so true. You just have to work it for you. I think we have this idea that spiritual life and physical life are separated for me for a long time. So, so the two things I thought are is for me for a long time, the idea of like my spiritual growth could only happen like in moments where I'm by myself and having this really spiritual experience or moment. And then the rest of life is physical life. And that's just not true. God is forming some, God can form something in us spiritually in every single space that we're in. And so the way that we're serving, loving, giving, you know, rejoicing, I think that's such a big deal. Um, that's, that, that is everything. The other thing I'd say is for some people, it might need to be like, Hey, you just need to wake up earlier, set your alarm clock, make it happen. So if you need to hear that, hear that. But if you're like me for so long, I beat myself up because I expected some of those things for myself. But my first step was forgiving myself for not being as perfect spiritually as I felt like other people were. Um, and I really had to make peace with that before I was able to move forward in a in a spiritual journey because I was holding myself to a standard I thought other people were living at spiritually. And so I was basing my relationship with God, not on God, but on what I thought everyone else was doing. Mm. That's great, Tyler. So good. Um, Tara Lee, you kind of spoke to this. Maybe you can be the first one to, to kind of speak into this, this idea of being isolated right now. You know, you are by yourself and there are a lot of people who are finding themselves in this space where they are by themselves. They feel very isolated. Uh, and they're also being forced away from what, what are normal catalysts for our spiritual growth or some normal catalysts, not, you know, all obviously, but with, you know, being able to attend church, corporate worship, small groups, you know, within a living room or a setting where we're all together. Those are things that normally catalyze some great growth inside of us. So how do we fight off that just sense of feeling isolated and letting it lead into discouragement and, and, and it not allowing us to progress uh, during the season as, we, as we're trying to grow? Um, that's a great question. And I, I want to start off by just saying, uh, I, I, I don't want to say that there, I want to honor the fact that a lot of people are feeling lonely and sad and scared. And those are legitimate emotions. No one is shaming you for those feelings and those emotions. The Lord is with you in that space. He enters into that space with you. So if you hear all this conversation and you leave um, feeling down on yourself, if you hear all the things we just talked about and you're like, just like Tyler mentioned, like, I'm a terrible Christian. Like, I'm not up to, you know, whatever. Like, none of us would ever want you, and the Lord would not want you to feel that way based on this conversation. This is an invitation for you to know that there is peace and rest. And if you try to find peace and rest, and all you have is sadness, talk to the Lord about that. He listens to that. He sits with you in your pain. He does not rush you to healing. So um, that's the first thing that I would say. Um, 
the second thing that I would say is I think if you are, if you have friends, you know, if you're alone in this space and you're trying to find a way to connect and, and dig in deeper with the Lord, um, silence the things that cause you greater anxiety and fear mm. and invite in more of the things that remind you of the truth of who God is. So yesterday when I spent that whole day hearing the truth about the Lord all day long, I was so joyful last night. I forgot there was a problem in the world. Like I literally was just like, this is amazing. I, you know, like it was, it was so great. Um, and so I, I think the more we saturate our hearts with the truth, this really can be a beautiful time. Like truly, um, I, what, whenever I speak at events, one of the questions that I like to ask people is, um, have you drawn nearer to the Lord and felt the Lord's nearness more in times of trial and lack mm. or in times of abundance and ease? And almost unanimously, the answer is in trial and lack. Mm -hmm. This is fertile soil for you to know and love the Lord better in ways that you maybe never had the opportunity to or even knew that you need to. Maybe you didn't know that you didn't trust the Lord until it was revealed through this. And so, you know, like if all you have is three minutes a day, three minutes is enough time to read a chapter of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Did you know that you can read the whole Bible in a year in 12 minutes a day? And that's, and you can even have, if you're not, if you're a slow reader, the Bible app has audio versions that will read to you and you can even speed them up to two X and read it in six minutes a day. <laughs> if you're a fast listener, you know, so, um, the, I try to get friends around me who, who are encouragers and not despairers, mm. try to get the Lord in my ears and my eyes, um, mm. and, and then speak his praises. And that is, those are ways that even as a person who is isolated, I have deeper intimacy with the Lord. And he is a person. He is a person with a personality, with he has things to say. Um, he listens to me. Like he is a real person. And I think that's why I, as an extrovert seven, still feel like I'm thriving even in this space. Because I, I'm talking to the Lord all the time. I'm never alone. You know how I like to talk. He can't shut me up. This makes so much more sense now. I had no idea you were a seven. This is fantastic. <laughs> uh, hey, Tara Lee is the first person I ever interacted with as a believer. Sorry, this is like New Spring history. But she's one of the first <laughs> people I ever remember talking about the Lord like he was a real person. And it just dawned on me like Jesus isn't just a theory. Wow. You know, it's not like this theoretical savior wow. we have in this theoretical heaven. He is a real person. And yeah. so just retweet everything. Amen. <laughs> that's all awesome. That's awesome wow well you know it'd be really easy for someone to be attending this right now watching and and going man do you guys like always hear from god like is it is this is just like this time where god just continually downloads this great revelation on you consistently and you feel like you have this intimacy with him all the time uh surely you have you feel dry seasons talk to me about that and, and how do you navigate those dry seasons? The dry season of my life was when I was uh, frustrated with the Lord because he hasn't, he hadn't done what I thought he owed to me mm. and I had served him with my whole life and he had not given me the husband that I thought I deserved. And um, the Lord went radio silent just for months. And mm. it wasn't until I, when he here's here's the kindness of that though, in his kindness, there was a particular man I had in mind, and it didn't happen. And um, 
in the Lord's kindness of withdrawing himself from me and just hiding himself temporarily when I was so angry with him for that, the Lord revealed my entitlement, like that the Lord does not owe me anything, anything. All of the ways that I had served him with my life were all ways that he was blessing me. It wasn't my gift to him. It was his gift to me. And so he was already blessing me. But in his, in his withdrawing, I realized I missed the Lord more than I missed that man. Mm. And so um, this, the, the time of not hearing from the Lord for me was a time when my heart was looking for the wrong thing. And when I repented, um, when I like turned back to the Lord, turned away from all my entitlement and turned back to the Lord, um, I began to hear him speak again. I began to feel his nearness again. But hearing from the Lord, it, it's, um, it's, it feels so ambiguous, truly, but it's just because he is a real person. It's like, um, like for instance, um, my mom, if she calls me and we have a bad connection, I still recognize her voice because I've talked to her enough. I've, I've, I know the, the phrases she used, the kinds of things she says. I know the pitch. I know the tone. Um, but if, you know, Aubrey, I just met Aubrey for the first time today. If Aubrey called me tomorrow and the connection was crystal clear and she was like, hey, it's me, I'd be like, and who is me? You know, because I don't, I don't know her, right? And so um, I think the more we spend time in the Word, getting to know the Lord, the more you absolutely can hear from the Lord. If you think you can't, I'm, I'm here to joyfully tell you you're wrong. Like you get in the word, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. He reminds us of the truth that Jesus says. One of his names is, is reminder that Jesus says, I will give you the reminder. And so he's echoing back the words of the Lord to you. You can hear from the Lord. Like like Tyler illustrated earlier, it might be in a different way than everybody else around you does. It might be in images, it might be in sunsets like Aubrey talked about. It might be in a different way, but you absolutely can hear from the Lord. Hmm. I'm here to tell you, you're wrong. That's so great. <laughs> yep. It's so great. One of the things we we do a lot of like um coaching and and not uh not like therapy counseling, but kind of like biblical counseling with people as we're walking people through a lot of tragedy and trauma. And um a paradigm shift for me was when I stopped giving them the answer that I thought God was telling, you know, them and telling them to go and ask God for that answer themselves. Because many people that we've worked with, they didn't realize they could even hear from God. And I just, Hey, listen, just go and sit quiet and ask God, say, God, if you're real, show up and tell me this, or tell me where you were when this happened or what, what, what's going on in your heart over my grief or what's, and it inevitably people come back and report, how much God spoke to them, how God showed up to them. Some people in a dream, some people in, and it's powerful to see the person of Jesus showing up in people's lives. And uh, just, it kind of blows my mind. Cause I'm like, wow, he, re- he's real. Like, I don't have to be, I mean, I'm his ambassador, but I don't have to like, come in and try to give the answer for everybody. You know, he he'll show up. So that's so good, Tara Lee. Anybody else, anybody else want to um, contribute to that? What, uh, what, what, what does dry seasons look like for you and, and how do you kind of emerge out of those? What, what, what do you have to do to really hear God's voice from that? I think just kind of jumping off what you said, Davey, you know, I won't go into this too long, but Tara, Tara Lee, since you talked about your hard season, 2015 was a really hard season for us. We, I lost a, a relative really tragically that I was very close with growing up and, um, I was diagnosed with a disease where I couldn't walk for a time. I can walk now, praise the Lord. 
Um, and we were also simultaneously opening the doors to our church plant. And my first book was coming out. So God was doing all these amazing, incredible, fruitful things. Our dreams were coming true. And also like we were surrounded by the most grief we ever have been surrounded by. And that was a moment where I was like, okay, I think maybe I actually am praying to the ceiling fan. Like, I'm not sure if God sees me. I'm not sure if God hears me. I've been a Christian for 30 years, but I don't know what's happening. And, um, that was a a time when I felt like God began to invite me to pray, God, if you're real, make yourself real to me. And I just began to pray for some really specific ways for God to speak to me. And of course, like you said, Davian, his kindness, he did. He's just so kind. And then another thing that um, I had a friend invite me to do was, like you were saying, just to say, okay, God, what is your invitation in this? And then be quiet and listen and wait for God to speak. Like you said, Terry Lee, he will speak. He does speak. Sometimes it's not when we want him to or how we want him to, but he is kind and he is personal and he draws near and he does. Um, we just have to sometimes wait. I think that's the hard part. That's great. Yeah, I think with that, like, yeah, if that's you, keep going. Right, well, like what, whatever it is, because it's you. So many people feel like you're in this desert season, and you start to wonder, is God even real? Like, is this? Am I just making this up? Is this real? And you feel like it's unique to you, and something's wrong with you. Um, and it's not. You just have to lean in more. And and I've never come out of a season like that and not felt like I was spiritually the strongest I've ever been in my life yeah. on the other side of that season. Yeah. So keep fighting. The thing I, I felt impressed to say in this space though was. Be careful right now if that is you or you know someone. There's something just about the spirit of the world right now where a Christian can be embraced for being um, for, for taking that desert season and becoming bitter at God or frustrated at God or starting to turn away from God. There's just something about this um, acceptance. I'm not saying people want it, but there's something about this acceptance if you know depression, anxiety, bitterness that can pull you in and have an allure and to just a popularity of what's in the world right now. It's not cool to be joyful. It's not cool to be happy. It's not, you know, cool to say, man, God's got this. Um, and so I just think, you know, I just see young people all the time just hit that desert season and slide away because there's actually a level of acceptance to be a, a cool Christian that is kind of frustrated with God. Um, and so I'd say reject that, reject that spirit and embrace this idea that God is going to come through on the God is coming through. You're going to feel it at some point in time and you're going to be spiritually better off than you've ever been before. Wow. That's so good. Wow. Um, well, in about five minutes or so, we're going to transition to some Q and a. So if you haven't asked a question yet, we've got some questions populating right now, but if you haven't asked a question, go to the bottom of your window, type in or click that Q and a icon and type in a question. We'd love to answer your questions live. Uh, I would love to hear from you guys before we transition to the Q&A portion. Um, right now, currently, do each of you have like a, a spiritual growth plan? It doesn't need to be something that's super rigid, just kind of even in your mind. Like, this is what it looks like for me to approach intentionally my own spiritual growth. Maybe it'll offer up some ideas for people who are looking for that. I want to hear from everybody. So 
Great. I'll, I'll jump in. Why not? Um, for me, my, my plan is, first of all, I used to try to get everything done in a quiet time hour in the morning. So I've got to hear from God, pray, read the word, read another Christian living book and do my theology class. And if I don't do all that in the morning, I'm failing as a believer. And man, that's just been eradicated for me. So for me specifically, it's less about my, what I'm going to be doing in six months and more about how God is letting me structure my days. So I'm going to start the day and try to get up first in my home. And that is where I'm going to make time to pray, worship, hear from God, um, get a little time in the word. But that's where I'll be a little looser with God. What do you want me to read right now? Mm. Um, And then throughout the day, I'm finding other times to read um, on a plan in you version. I'm using my car rides when I used to have car rides a few weeks ago uh, for a podcast and for worship in that space, just to learn and listen and be encouraged. Um, I read in little moments, you know, I get a little five minutes here, 10 minutes there, 10 minutes before bed. And I kind of have my like books that like throughout the day, I'm working on this book every night before I go to bed and this book every day with a little bit of time at lunch. And if you do five or 10 minutes of reading every day, like Tara Lee said, you cover a lot of ground really quickly. Mm. Um, so, and then the other piece too, is I think just, you know, again, treating, um, you know, the way I'm engaging in every moment I'm in as spiritual, that's been a discipline for me, whether it's my neighbors, family, whatever else. That's part of a spiritual growth plan for me right now is using the opportunities God's put in front of me in this season. That's great. <clears throat> That's super helpful for me, Tyler, because I'm the same as you. I try to, you know, as an achiever, I'm trying to fit in all this stuff in like an hour time slot. And that has just been thrown out the window with a newborn in the house because I'm the one getting up with him. And it's like attending to him, changing diaper. Okay, we're trying to let Christy sleep in. And I, I can't juggle all this stuff. There's no way I can't go to, I can't do my theology class right now. There's no way. So super helpful. Great. I'm taking notes over here. Thank you. Aubrey, what about you? Um, so I also try to get it before everyone else, but mostly that's because everyone in my house sleeps super late. And now that we don't have like school at a certain time, even my husband, it's like 10 AM before he rolls out of bed and I'm an early riser. So I get up, I have a U version plan that I do a uh, Bible in a year, but Tara Lee, now I'm going to switch yours. Cause I'm excited about that. Right. Um, right. But I, I try to read the Bible every year. So I usually do a one year plan and, um, but I have found myself like, okay, I, right now I just am drawn to the Psalms, especially the Psalms of lament. I feel like they're expressing a lot of what we're all feeling right now. So sometimes I've been like, you know what? I'm not going to do my plan. I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, just open the Psalms and pray my word back to me right now. Mm. Um, I also once a week have been uh, in a prayer group with women who are like a lot mightier spiritually than I am. And so I feel like I'm just quiet and they pray and I learn from them. And that's been really nice. And um, then I, I meet with a spiritual director once a month who kind of guides through just what is God saying? What's the invitation from God? And then I've also been, um, like I was saying before, I feel like we don't have a lot of perspective yet, but so I've been going back to some of the ancient saints who have long suffered. Like I've been reading Julian of Norwick a lot, her book, uh, Divine Revelations, because she watched her people like die of the black plague and yet praised God. And so I feel like I'm trying to learn from Augustine and Julian and and some of those who have long suffered to find out like, what's the wisdom that we can take from those who've gone before us. That's so good. 
uh, Aubrey, while Tara Lee's giving us her answer, can you in that chat box right there, can you type in that, that book, even if it's oh. just for me? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but I'm sure other people will want to read it as well. Uh, Tara Lee, how about yourself? I uh, have, I, I'm doing the Bible in a year. Um, mm-hmm. And I do that. That's been my, my practice for more than a decade. And I read chronologically. And so that's what we do when I was mentioning the Bible recap earlier. You know, if you are reading through the Bible in a year, um, you usually are reading about three chapters a day, about 12 minutes a day. And so what we do with the Bible recap is we, um, after you read that day's assigned passage in the chronological, we recap what, in about eight minutes, we recap what you just read. So it's like, here's where we saw the Lord show up. Here's what we learned about him and his character. Um, Here's what happened and why that's important. And so it's a bit of a highlight reel for things. And so I do our reading plan and then I listen to the, to the recap. I listen to myself do the podcast I already recorded um, because it's so funny how like the word is truly living and active. Different things jump out to me every time. And something that I learned last year and recorded in the podcast and put in the podcast when I hear, I've forgotten it by the time I listen to it. And so I need to be reminded of it, you know? So that is usually the first 20 minutes of my day at least. Um, and I, the way that I, the, because I am single and I don't have a baby waking me up or a dog that I have to walk out. Um, whenever I get up, the first thing that I do is open my Bible app. Um, I have the reminder, I have a notification set to come on my phone. And um, so I sleep with my phone on airplane mode. So when I wake up, that's the only notification on my phone. It still comes through. And so I get that notification and I'm remi- okay, read the Bible. So I like op- turn my phone on, open that. And then when I turn off airplane mode, I go straight to the Bible. And I, before my feet hit the ground, the audio Bible is reading to me. So as I go in to make my coffee and things like that, I'm having the Bible, the word in my ears. Um, and so I, I'm doing that as my first process. And it's just going on. Okay. I'm, I'm sort of 70% paying attention. But then I sit down with my actual Bible, look with my eyes, read with my eyes, journal, uh, meditate on scripture. I've been trying to like add that in there. And that's actually sort of how I've been trying to end my day. I used to try to do it at the beginning of my day. Um, but uh, lately, to sort of push out the world, I've been trying to do my like meditating on scripture at the end of the day. So just, you know, five or 10 minutes or so of um, a passage that jumped out to me or that I feel like the Lord has highlighted in my, in my brain and my heart and um, echoing back praise to him in that space. Um, Lee McDermott from New Spring did a, a great uh, IGTV on meditation and how to meditate mm. on scripture. And he talks about, you know, it's just as simple as like, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. You are my shepherd. I have everything I need. Mm. You are my shepherd. I have everything I need over and over again, preaching that gospel to your heart um, and, and praising the Lord. So those are the, the, the primary elements that are in my day, as well as I listen to a lot of theology podcasts, sermons, and then discussion podcasts like Theocast and Thinking Fellows and um, love that stuff. Love those discussion ones. That's awesome. Um, we're going to get those resources, some of those things that you just mentioned at the end of all of this, because I want to make sure that in our email that we send out to follow up with everybody who registered, that we put links to some of these resources so people can go and uh, partake in that. Let's transition to some questions. We got a lot of questions coming in. You can still uh, type your questions in here on that little Q&A icon. Um, Jacqueline asks, how would you encourage someone who wants to know the Lord more? But um, Bible reading and prayer often feels like a chore. Even though I don't want it to feel that way, it does. 
How would you encourage someone in that space? Uh, I'll jump in <laughs> at least right there is, is, you know, one, what an amazing, like the first thing you have to do is trust that if you have that desire, that God wants to honor that desire. Right. And you got to let that create some hope. Um, and so I think the first thing is so much of, I think our spiritual um, fervency that we can have is contagious as much as it's anything else. Um, and so if you can pray that God would, you know, put some friends in your life or people in your life who are on fire for prayer and on fire for God's word, it will happen in your world. And until uh, that, then man, read people, listen, like if you listen to the Bible recap, just how passionate Tara Lee is about scripture, it'll make you more passionate. If you read, again, for me, one of the things I'm reading right now is um, a, a prayer book by E.M. Bounds, mm-hmm. E.M. Bounds, and just his passion for prayer. I mean, I am like, oh my gosh, I, it makes me want to wake up earlier and get on my face before God and beg for him to change the world through prayer. Um, and so as I say, expose yourself to people who are passionate about those things and let that do some of the weight for you, you know, because, you know, God created peer pressure to work. Peer pressure is a negative connotation, right? But it works because God made it to work. Um, and so people use it negatively, but you could use peer pressure to your advantage as well. Um, and so, and then I think just do it. When I heard John Piper say that praying was hard for him um, and scripture was hard for him, I was like, wait, what? Like you're one of my heroes of the faith right here and praying is hard. So realizing too, that it's not easy for anybody, um, but it's worth it for everybody. Um, I think just change my lens there. That's so good. Wow. That's great. Um, we had someone who asked what the name of that divine revelation book is. You can go and look at that in the chat. We'll also email out as uh, afterwards. So I just want to make sure I'm hitting some of these questions. Uh, some people ask, there have been a couple of people who have asked what, what scripture right now, particularly, I know we've mentioned a few, I know we said Psalm 91 earlier, what scripture right now are, are you particularly leaning into during this season? I actually have mine open right now. I have been like pouring over Psalm 121. Mm. I look up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. Um, it's a short, it's only eight verses. I, am in the process of trying to memorize it, but I just feel like that's where my heart just, ke- I just keep saying, okay, Lord, where does my help come from right now? It comes from you. It comes from you. It comes from you. And, um, it's comforting. It's a good word. It's <clears throat> great. Tyler, Tara Lee, what scriptures I, are I'll you go. guys particularly leaning into? Yeah. Uh, I have two that I really love. Um, the first is Isaiah 26, three. You keep him in perfect peace mm. whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Mm. And we have to kind of read that. We, we all want that perfect peace at the beginning, but the way you get that perfect peace is to come at that verse backwards. Um, yeah. To trust the Lord and fix our mind on the Lord is the route to perfect peace. And you can't trust someone you don't know and you can't know someone you don't spend time with. And so um, to know the Lord and trust him and fix our mind on him is the path to perfect peace. Um, and then the other one is, Habakkuk 3:17 through 18, actually through like the first line of 19. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herds in the stalls, 
yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. That's great. Love it. Um, I think that for me as, you know, obviously Holy this week spent a lot of time in John and, and, you know, especially 13 through 17 right there. Just amazing. I'll, I'll say, but the things it feels like God's been drawing my attention to on the other basis, Psalm 91 is abs- It's just something like universal right now. I mean, I'd, I'd say to everyone, like join in with saints around the world and let Psalm 91 be a part of what's happening in your home right now. Um, Psalm 27 um, one thing I ask of the Lord, one thing I seek to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And this idea that in his tent, you're really on top of a mountain. And it's just like, I don't know, there's just so much richness in there for me. And then Psalm 67 is something that I just feel like from God that he's put on me. And that's um, a blessing for ourselves. Um, may God um, be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Mm-hmm. So one is, is about God, we receive that. Even in this season, I receive that. Because the next verse after the Selah is that the world may know him. I mean, that is that is the let the nations be glad psalm. And so one of our responsibilities in evangelism is for the world to see us receive every situation differently than how anyone else would. And part of that is, is in whatever, receiving grace, receiving blessing, and, and mm-hmm. experiencing the face of the Lord is part of our evangelism. So that's for me. That's great. <clears throat> All right. So um, here's an interesting question. I'd love to hear y- your response on this. Right now, there's a lot of, uh, with, with so many Christians and non-Christians alike, worry and fear is very prevalent. Um, is it sinful to be worried or, f- or fearful? Uh, Christy just dropped a bunch of books off the desk. That's that, 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 <laughs> that noise that you just heard. Is it sinful to be worried or fearful? Um, wh- where does that line up with our faith? How do you reconcile those things? I would think the, the question is, um, rem- yeah, earlier I was talking about how like, I feel like I live in the law a lot instead of in the gospel. Mm. And that it sounds like the person who asked that question maybe struggles with that as well. Um, wanting to know, like, is, is this an okay thing to feel? Is it wrong to feel this way? Like there's some, there's some condemnation and shame around that question. And so I would reorient the question to, um, to, to say that the, the right way to come at that question might be more, the more freeing way to come at that question might be more like, what does God have for you in this space? Hmm. Does God have fear for you? Is that what God is that the portion that the Lord has assigned to you or is the portion that the Lord has assigned to you trust in who he is Mm. knowledge of him, um, peace and rest in the midst of chaos. I believe that's the portion that the Lord has assigned to you. And I believe he has an abundance of that for you. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. So good. Anybody else want to add to that or. I feel like that was like the final word from. I know that did it did feel very uh, yeah very final. <laughs> um, okay, uh, when it appears that God has said no to something you have been praying for, is it okay to come to a point of acceptance and stop believing for that thing, or continue to have faith for it? even when it seems God has clearly said no. I struggle with coming to acceptance because I feel like I've lost faith and I feel like I'm failing as a Christian. Mm. 
I mean, I think that's. I don't want to be the. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> We're probably all the same. I'm like, I could talk about everything. Uh, okay. No, I think that's the space where you've got to learn to tune into the voice of God and hear what is God saying, because there's not an easy answer for that. There are some people who pray decades long prayers. I mean, look at William Wilberforce, who prayed and fought to to end slavery in England, and like I think when he died is like he found out about it. it was one of the last things he found out before he died. I mean, that was his whole life. But there are some things that we're praying for. We need to give up sooner rather than later. Um, it's going to set us free. And so I think we've got to learn to hear from the voice of God. And God, what is your will? Do you want me to keep praying for this? Um, mm-hmm. God, I'm going to keep on until you make it obvious I'm not supposed to. And if you start feeling that there's real friction right there, I'd say that's where you invite some some spiritual mothers and fathers friends to also begin to speak in and pray on your behalf and for you and let them speak in as well. Um, it's just helpful in community like that. Mm. Will you and I would ask that question again? Cause I just something in there, ask the question one more time. Yeah. <clears throat> so when it appears that God has said no to something that you've been praying for, is it okay to come to a point of acceptance and stop believing for that thing? Uh, or should I continue to have faith for it? And it seems like God is saying, no, I struggle with coming to acceptance because it feels like I've lost faith and I feel like I'm failing as a Christian then. Yeah. I feel like that's that, that's the piece again. I feel like I'm failing as a Christian. That's the part where I just, I would love to speak the Lord's grace and love and unconditional acceptance over you. Um, you know, I think we, we saw Jesus, right? Like, I'd love for you to take this cup for me, but God, if it's, you know, not my will, but yours, I think that has to be our posture as far as letting go, but to self condemn in the middle of that, that's not from the Lord. Like Mm -hmm. you, you are loved and accepted whether or not you can let this thing go or not. But I think you can ask the Lord for help. Lord, if if you want me to open my hands and loosen this thing that it seems like you're saying no to, then then help me. And again, he will. We've all said this. This is a kind God that we have. He was not like pointing his finger. Oh, she, he won't let go of that thing. This is a God who will like carefully open your hands so that you can let go in a way that's mm. surrendering and he'll fill you with himself. Mm. He'll replace that thing with more of himself and it'll be good. You'll be glad. That's great. And I, I love, I echo everything you guys just said. So good. And I also think um, I want to encourage this question asker with the, the fact that the, the good news is the burden is not on you and your faith to make something happen mm. because you're not believing for something. You're believing God. Mm. And so you're, the thing that your faith is anchored in is not the outcome of your prayer request. The thing your faith is anchored in is the eternal God of the universe who loves you and will accomplish his plan and it cannot be thwarted. And so um, your faith is in God and whatever his answer is. Your faith is in God and his yes and his no and his wait and his maybe. Your mm. faith is not in the outcome. And so to ask him for something is not to have to know the outcome. It's not to have to um, lean into like your, like, I'm not believing hard enough and that's why it's not happening. Uh, it's leaning into God and trusting that, you know, you can bring your prayers to him without knowing what the right answer is. Mm. You can bring your prayers to him and trust him to sift through them and say yes to what's a, what's a good thing and say no to what's not best for his beloved child. So there's freedom in that space. You can open oh. your hands and you can trust him regardless what happens. Okay. Wow. That's great. Wow. Okay, um, uh, this person wished to remain anonymous, but they ask, 
Uh, do you find it hard to just sit and be silent and, and hear God speak? Um, do you ever get distracted? And I'm going to assume the answer is yes, because we all, I'm sure, get distracted. Terry Lee's a seven, so I know she gets distracted. Um, what? Sorry, Enneagram jokes. What do you do to combat that distraction or to at least deal with that distraction when you're trying to sit and listen? Well, I told you guys I meet with a spiritual director once a month, and every once in a while she'll make me be quiet for an hour and just try to focus on God. And it's so hard. And I, I think what she has taught me, this is not my own wisdom, this is her, is not to fight it, but just to name it. Like, I feel distracted right now. Okay, Lord, I'm coming back to silence. And then you get distracted again. And then you go, oh, Lord, I'm feeling distracted again. Okay, I'm coming back to, to listening, to attuning to your presence. But God, again, is so gracious. I, I don't think he's like mad that, you know, we can't be silent for an hour. I think he probably enjoys that. We just want to be with him and hear from him. That's great. No doubt. I think it's the spiritual muscle, right? Like it, you have to work it out. I, I remember I'm an introvert by nature. So I, I went on sabbatical three years ago that changed my life. And the beginning of it, I thought, I can't wait to get some alone time. I walk into um, this cabin at a retreat and I put my phone on airplane mode, step to the side. I'm like, I'm going to be here all day. And 45 minutes later, I was like taking my phone off of air because I'm, what's the world doing right now? I'm so disconnected. No one's going to text me because they know I'm gone. And it's just a muscle that you have to build up. And so if it starts at five minutes, take five minutes, but trust that that's going to grow for sure. Another thing is sometimes your distraction and so, sorry if this gets weird, but this kind of part of the zone I'm into. Some of the times our distractions aren't just attention. Sometimes it, there's, you can feel their spiritual attack right there as well. Okay. Um, I know I used to open up my scripture in the mornings and start to read and just always have negative thoughts. I'm like, where's this coming from? And one day I'm like using my discernment. I'm like, well, I don't think this is just from me and it's definitely not from God. And so, you know, maybe weird. I just started out loud. Hey, in the name of Jesus, if, if there's any kind of spiritual attack, leave right now. And using my God-given authority through Christ to command the enemy where to go. And for me, at least, something broke and changed instantly for me. So a couple of pieces for me. Good. Some some practical things that have helped me are uh, when I'm reading my Bible, keep a little notepad beside me. Something comes to mind and I think, oh, I need to deal with that. How am I going to handle that? I just write it down to know to deal with it later. Um, and keeping my phone away from me when I'm actually sitting with my Bible. I use it for the audio element, but then when I'm doing my just reading, my phone is back on airplane mode. Um, and then if I'm doing like meditating on scripture, one of the tools that they tell you to use is like, maybe if something comes to mind and you're worried about your relationship with, you know, Angela, then what you do is when Angela comes to mind, you say, Angela, I see you kind of like Aubrey just said, you acknowledge it. And then you sit Andrea in a chair out, outside the outside the building, you know, you know, I'll come to you in a minute. So you just sort of like acknowledge it and then put it aside. I'm going to come back to that later. Just some practical tips that helped That's me. That's great. Yeah. And similar along the, the same vein right there. I, I heard a long time ago to keep like your almost like a pad of paper next to you, a to-do list type thing. Just write it down because if you don't write it down, then it's just going to stay right there. Great, and so yeah. just write it down, shove it aside, write it down, shove it aside. Because oftentimes I start thinking about the things I need to do that day or I need to mm -hmm. accomplish and get, get done. So um, I think we have time for two more questions. Um, 
the the last one I'm going to say because it relates to our our like resources. So first, before we get to this that one, let's let's um, let's tackle. We've had several people ask about how to handle loneliness. I know we've kind of, we've touched on that already, but um, I wonder if we have some more insights on, especially for you know several of these. It looks like they're uh, single or you know same same thing that you spoke on Tara Lee earlier. But how do we really combat the this idea or this feeling of loneliness, particularly in this season? I feel like I've already spoken, so I'm going to let somebody else talk. <laughs> um, Terry, Lee, I feel like you probably, because I'm surrounded by a family, so someone would <laughs> wish I was lonely. No, no, for real loneliness. Um, I think remember that, um, you know, Jesus has felt lonely and that you have, we, we started this whole thing by talking about how God is a person in Christ. And so you do have a person in Jesus that you can connect to intimately. I think that the marvel of God's timing in all of this is that we have access to each other through things like this, through Zoom. And so I would say, get intentional about reaching out to your people. If you feel like you don't have people, ask for some help to find people. And um, connect. Zoom is not the same as human to human contact, but I do think it's one way to not feel alone. I, I know I've scheduled a couple like girls nights with some of my best friends and that has sustained me for a few days until I need it again, you know. Um, but God sees you in this. And I think this is an invitation to cry out to him and to ask him to meet you in this really, really hard, lonely season. I, I think with that as well, like hopefully you're on the verge of a revelation of God you've never had before and an experience with God that you've never had before. Um, and also, I think for all of us to fight the comparison trap in this space, again, for me, I'm thinking, man, if I was alone, I could do so much stuff. But someone who's alone is thinking, man, if I you know, was, was with my family right now, I could have so much fun. Um, and so it's so easy to look at where anyone else is and feel like they're in a better place than you. And so one, you just have to kind of reckon that where God has you is where you're supposed to be. And then if there are things like if social media right now makes you feel alone um, or certain people you like start a different account and only follow encouraging follows on social, you know, or like if the news or whatever it is, if there's something like that makes you feel alone, um, turn down that volume and turn up the volume of the Lord. And I'm not assuming it's easy at all, but those are the things I would suggest. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. The reality is, is that um, loneliness might have been lying dormant in your life prior to this quarantine season, but it's been, you know, you've been distracting yourself from that loneliness, that really root feeling of loneliness by being with a bunch of people and, you know, busying yourself. And so one of the best books for me after my uh, late wife passed away was The Path of Loneliness by Elizabeth Elliot. It was unbelievable because she talks about, I mean, Elizabeth Elliot, obviously she, she, lost, she lost two husbands and she was writing this book uh, as she was uh, married to her third husband. So she, you know, definitely journeyed through loneliness in several seasons. And she, she talks about what God is inviting us into when we feel lonely, that it's like this red light indicator that tells us God's inviting us into something. 
uh, to show us again the, the, the real personhood of who Jesus is and how he wants to relate with us and connect with us. So I would definitely encourage you to lean in on this. Why am I lonely? Why am I lonely? What is, what is the, no doubt we all feel it in these occasions, but you can feel lonely when you're around your family too in this season. You can feel lonely in a crowd of people too. So um, last question is about resources. So I'd love to hear, I'm kind of lumping a bunch of questions in into one in my own words. I'd love to hear one book that um, other than the Bible <clears throat> that you would say is really, um, I would say based on what these questions are asking is really uh, impactful or helpful in terms of your growth in your relationship with Jesus. So in terms of spiritual growth, what's one book that uh, you can supplement your Bible reading with? If you want to share two or three, that's fine, but at least one. Uh, and then also, in addition to that, what are some other resources that we could point people to uh, to help supplement you know, their, uh, their Bible reading? So we'll go around the horn for this one. This will kind of close us out. Uh, books, I don't, I don't read a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I truly don't. I don't have like 30 books in my apartment and I've read maybe 20 of them. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I really don't, I, I listen a lot. I do audio mm -hmm. stuff. Um, my favorite book that's not the Bible is Jen Wilkins, Women of the Word. Love that book. Love it. Wanted to like pull out the pages and put them in my mouth. Like it was that good. Um, and then I uh, also, I think John Piper's Don't Waste Your Life has made a big impact on me. Other resources, um, if you can get your hands on some Bluebell ice cream in these times, <laughs> that is a, a great resource. Oh, love it. And of course, the uh, Daily Bible Recap. Oh yeah, the Bible Recap <laughs> podcast. That too, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that helps. Um, also, I, I um, we have. Uh, I want to say this: uh, people generally, people are either drawn toward like intellectual connections with the Lord, um, or they're drawn to emotional connections with the Lord. So people who are geared, like people who love worship music at church, are usually bored during the sermon. Mm -hmm. People who love the sermon are usually ready for the songs to end. And so um, the person who earlier said that they struggle with Bible reading and prayer. Probably one of those, just so you know, is going to connect with you more than the other. And I don't know which is going to lock in first or what it's going to be, but look for tools that help you engage with that thing. So think of how you respond at church. Do you like the worship music better or the sermon better? And try to lean into those things. So maybe for you, it's, you know, like you're praying the worship songs that you're singing along with, things like that. And then go find the, the psalms that those are rooted in and, and pray those out loud, things like that. That's great. That might be a good resource. That's, that's not a very ice good cream related. Right there. Yeah, that's awesome. Great. All right, Tyler, Aubrey. So one book at least I that. Know, like asking a Ford and narrow down like her favorite books is like. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you that I just started reading. Uh, James K. A. Smith has a new book out called uh, "On the Road with Saint Augustine." I think that's the title. Um, and it's a really good book for like the restless, weary soul. Um, I've already mentioned Julian. Um, I have so many favorite books. This is really hard to narrow it down. But um, I, those have been really meaningful right now. So I, I can leave, leave it at that. Yeah. Great. Um, yeah, it's so hard for me too because I want to pick the perfect book. <laughs> I know. And, 
I like know whatever the perfect book is, is just evading my mind right now. Right. So I think, you know, encouraging lately, um, Ian Bounds' power of prayer is going to really stir you up to pray more. There is absolutely no doubt about that. Um, a, a pastor who's really been encouraging me lately, whether it's podcast or um, any of the stuff he's written as well as John Tyson um, in New York City, it's been way encouraging. And then also just I feel like a lot of great worship music has been getting released lately. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'll share my worship playlist on Apple music and maybe that self, whatever. I don't know. I, I don't keep up with who listens to it or not, but um, I feel pretty good about it and keep it up to date. And it really had like uh, none of those other resources have necessarily been specific for this season. Cause like what Terry Lee said earlier, like we're in the season, it's kind of too late to prep for it. Um, but that worship playlist really has been something powerful to lean in on right now. So Yeah, that's great. Terry Lee, you mentioned earlier some uh, theology stuff that you listen to or watch that you're consuming. Mm-hmm. What, what were those yeah. again? Um, some of my favorite theology podcasts are, there are five I'm going to list for you, I think. Theocast, Thinking Fellows, White Horse Inn, um, uh, what's like, there's one I'm missing right now. Um, those are, those are the ones that come to mind. Nice. You hey, said subscription, yeah. subscription is not a space for, and you're going to think about, you're going to think about your number five. When I say this, Theosu is something that's new. It's kind of like Netflix for theology classes. And there's like two brothers in a worship band, they're Hillsong pastors, and they're kind of clowns in a lot of ways. I don't know if y'all kept up with them at all. Um, <laughs> they have, um, like an online theology, $11 a month. And it's, it's really helpful. Nice. That's great. The Bible project. Oh Bible yeah. Project. The Bible project. Of course. I mean, that's such a duh, right? That's it's so good. Yeah. Number yeah. one podcast. It's yeah. the, the number Tyler, 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 take it back. <laughs> Watch yourself, I was going to say, well, I, I promise you the Bible recap gets played more in my home <laughs> than, than uh, Bible project, but that's great. I need y'all to combine forces one day. <laughs> hey, we did. I was, I was a guest on uh, Davey's show one time. Show at this podcast. Pop, pop, yeah. Show at podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't ever call it a show. That's interesting. I still I say I'm going to a show when I'm speaking at an event because I come from my musician world yep. where mm-hmm. I used to play play shows. And so I'm like, I have a show tonight. No. Nope. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Guys, this has been awesome. So good. I appreciate so much you taking the time to do this. I know the folks who are, are watching this appreciate so much. Um, we're going to put this entire series on the podcast uh, in, a, in a week or two. So you can definitely refer to it there, or you can also refer to it by watching on demand. Um, but man, so one of the things we've learned is that I can't log off with everybody who's attending right now. Um, and separately us going back into the green room for me to say goodbye to you guys and to express my gratitude. <laughs> so everybody gets to be privy to us awkwardly signing off of this <laughs> webinar call. I haven't figured out how to do that. So uh, anyways, each one of you guys, Tara Lee, Aubrey, Tyler, thank you so, so much for joining me on this. This has been just wonderful. Thanks for having us. Yeah. This has been loved an it. honor. Loved it. So much fun. Appreciate you guys. We'll see y'all. Bless you. All right. Bye.